Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Now, when Jesus heard that John the Baptist was dead, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The crowds got there first. Jesus had hoped to be alone. He had just heard of the death of John the Baptist, whose message of repentance and the coming of the kingdom Jesus had taken as his own text. Surely Jesus grieved the death of this teacher. Also, the casual cruelty with which King Herod had taken John's life must have put Jesus on notice that his own life was in danger. As Jesus grappled with this knowledge, perhaps he sought a deeper understanding of himself and his mission. And for that kind of thinking and praying, Jesus preferred a deserted place. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they got there first. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was not in a deserted place at all, but a crowded place, a very crowded place, a place full of curious minds and eager ears, all wanting a word from Jesus. It was also... No doubt, a place where people were jostling for space and talking too loudly and stepping on each other's robes and rolling their eyes and judging one another's parenting skills. A place full of simmering irritations. And no one had given any thought to logistics, like food or water or a place for people to relieve themselves. A crowded place can be full of joy or sorrow pleasure, or irritation. But a crowded place is always full of need. Jesus saw the need and responded. Perhaps it was out of his own grief over John's death that his response arose immediate and emotional. He had compassion for them. From the emotional, he moved to the practical. He cured their sick. And he went on curing them all that long, hot day until at last it was dinner time. The disciples were there, of course. 
They don't seem to have been on the boat with Jesus when he went looking for that deserted place, but seeing the crowds on their way, surely they hurried to get there. And now that evening was coming, they were huddled together, talking about what to do. Now, if you've ever been on a group tour, you may have had the experience of dinner on your own. Dinner on your own is what the schedule says when the travelers will not be fed in a group but must find their own way to restaurants or food trucks or whatever else is available. Dinner on your own was what the disciples chose for that evening's menu. In order to be nourished, the crowd would have to leave the presence of Jesus. Now, I imagine the disciples were proud of themselves. While Jesus was busy curing the sick, the disciples had recognized the logistical challenge, and they moved to address it. Their solution was logical, and it even required the crowds to take personal responsibility. The disciples themselves had modeled responsibility by bringing their own food. So they might have been feeling pretty good when they went to Jesus and said, send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages for dinner on their own. And imagine their surprise when Jesus answered, oh no, the plan is not dinner on their own. The plan is dinner on the disciples. Or as Jesus actually says in the text, you give them something to eat. Suddenly, that food they had brought for themselves didn't seem like so much. You know, I never really thought about it before, but it seems to me today that depending on the size, five loaves and two fish might not actually be enough for 12 people, 13 if they had to feed Jesus too. And now Jesus was making the disciples responsible for feeding thousands of hungry people. I wonder if the disciples at the end of this long, hot day suddenly realized they were pretty hungry themselves. I wonder what that felt like. I can almost hear my own stomach starting to rumble. I don't envy the disciples at that moment, but I kind of envy the crowds. Don't you? Just a little bit. How little they hesitated to gather on the hillside. How little thought they gave to sitting shoulder to shoulder with so many other human beings. I imagine the sound of so many voices. I wonder if they sang. I wonder if they prayed. When Jesus cured their sick, I'm sure they laughed and cheered and wept. All those things could happen at once in a crowd. They used to all happen at once right here. Remember? I do. And I am so hungry for it, I can hear my stomach rumbling. When the pandemic rolled over us and the shutdown began, churches anticipated the blow to the economy and the way it would increase the need for assistance for rent and electricity and medicine and food. Like many other churches, we looked for ways to step up our outreach. Just this week, our youth collected a whole busload of food to be delivered to Sunnyside Ministry. We used the home church bus because someone cut into the Sunnyside bus so they could drain the gas from the gas tank. 
Desperate times call for desperate measures. There's a lot of need out there. And Home Church has always been a leader in meeting community needs. We are generous givers and eager volunteers. We're good at spotting problems and figuring out logistics. We take a lot of responsibility. All of this is part of our discipleship. On the other hand, this pandemic is turning out to be a very long, very hot day. The day is far from over, and it is perfectly reasonable that we disciples might by now be feeling tired and discouraged and lonely and hungry. When the pandemic started, we jumped right into thinking about the needs of others. But by now, we're definitely coming face to face with some of our own. When I made a transition from hospital chaplaincy to the pulpit of home church, I discovered that a church sanctuary is every bit as full of need as a hospital. There is just as much sickness, just as much pain, just as much family dysfunction, just as much anxiety, just as much addiction, just as much despair. The difference is that the people in the hospital will usually talk about it. This sanctuary may currently look like a deserted place, but it is not. It is crowded with your presence. And that means that it is filled not only with your love, but with your needs. It is filled with whatever need you were feeling on March 8th, the last day we gathered in this sanctuary. And it's filled with whatever need you're feeling now, after long months of global crisis. Your need for companionship. Your need for healing your need for the comfort of routine, your need for financial assistance, your need for health care, your need for food, your need for resolution to an intractable family problem, your need to sit shoulder to shoulder with others and laugh and cheer and weep. We have always been responsible people experienced in logistics, carrying with us what we need to get through the day. But maybe today, we're like the disciples on the hillside, suddenly not sure that we can even feed ourselves. Do we hear our stomachs rumbling? Home church, it's time to talk. How are we doing? all of us? Are we weary, lonely, hungry? Are we a little scared or a lot scared? Do we have enough to nourish us physically, emotionally, spiritually? It is time to ask that question. Because if we don't have enough, how are we going to be of use to the rest of this hurting world? Maybe 
This is a turning point for home church. The time when we all stop pretending that we are not in need ourselves. The time when we give up a little bit of our pride and look carefully at our resources and say with honesty, Jesus, this is all we have. This much love, this much faith, this much patience, not very much of that, Lord, surely not enough to meet the world's needs. This much capacity for connection, only this much confidence that things will be okay. Just this tiny little bit of hope. Lord, it sure doesn't look like enough. Or as the disciples said, we have nothing here, Lord, but five loaves and two fish. To which Jesus responded, bring them to me. Why did they do what Jesus asked? Was it because they trusted him to fix things? Or because their need was so great they just gave up? Maybe there's no difference. Another word for give up is surrender. What do you need right now to get you through today? What do you need to get you through months more of this pandemic with all the isolation and uncertainty it brings? Is it time to surrender that secret need to a pastor or an elder or a trusted friend? And also, what do you have? A little faith, a little patience, tiny bit of hope. Whatever it is, if you can surrender it in trust to Jesus, then Jesus can give thanks for it and break it apart and put it in your hands. Put into your hands enough to meet not just your needs, but the needs of many others. The disciples surrendered what they had to Jesus. And then they were able to follow his instructions. You give them something to eat. And everyone ate. Everyone was filled, including, we assume, those hungry disciples and Jesus. All the sick who were now cured, they ate and were filled. All the ones who had arrived healthy, they ate and were filled. All 5,000 men, besides women and children, before we grumble about the women and children not making it into the count, we should remember that for a biblical text, even to mention the women and children is unusual. Because they are mentioned, we know that the women and children were fed as well as the men. All ate and all were filled. Whatever their difference in status, whether they were sick or in good health, happy or sad, rich or poor, man, woman, or child, whatever their reason for being there, everyone in that place was a person in need. Everyone was hungry. And everyone ate. The disciples' mistake was assuming that in order to be nourished, people had to leave the presence of Jesus. It turned out that the opposite was true. 
In the hands of Jesus, what little the disciples had became enough. No one had to find dinner on their own, including the disciples. Home church has a tradition of giving to others. We may not be used to finding ourselves in need. Don't let that stop us from recognizing our need now. Even Jesus had to eat because although he was fully divine, he was also fully human. To be fully human is to be in some kind and some amount of need every single day. What do you need? And what do you have? And how can the church be the place where the one meets the other and everybody gets fed? It must have something to do with surrender. Surrendering the complacency we feel when we think we have solved the problems of the crowd. Surrendering the pride that makes us hide our need from others and even from ourselves. Surrendering the things that we carry with us that we think are enough to feed us, the things that make us feel secure. Surrendering our understanding of ourselves and our mission in order to gain a deeper understanding. The space in which we find that understanding may look deserted, but it is not. For Jesus has gotten there before us and filled the space with hope. Amen. Amen.